Traveling the Vortex. Join the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 349. Harry Sullivan is a genius! I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Well, we're still here. <laughs> Why wouldn't we be? Well, you know, what that big mysterious planet, Nabooru, was supposed to... Uh, Naboo was uh, coming towards us? Nabooru. <laughs> uh, was supposed to arrive on uh, Saturday and destroy us all. So. Was it going to be the we're attack of the Gungans? No... You know, I kind of, this is like a, it's like, they also got Planet X. It's like a, supposedly a missing planet from our solar system. Uh, that was supposed to come back. Mondas. <laughs> Mondas. And, uh, it was wow, I got that. Wow. It's supposed you to be on its way back. There. I was so close. So t- tired. Too tired. Sorry, go ahead. Conspiracy theorists have been postulating this for years now. I used to, and uh, always laughed at it then. And then it just suddenly popped back up. Apparently this was the day, well, Saturday was the day it was supposed to arrive. <laughs> or else to the air. So. Yeah, it's funny how there's no build-up for it. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, this Saturday the world's getting yeah. You may want to clear your calendar. It's like, well, the interesting thing about that's a smart the, way to do it, though. <laughs> interesting thing about the article that I was reading was uh, a newspaper in New York. There's a guy that specifically it was touting this this week, and there was a guy in a newspaper in New York. No, it was a radio uh, program in New York. Uh, asked the guy, asked him if they could do an interview last week, and he said no, he wasn't available until this week. <laughs> So, um, so we're still here. Seems appropriate. Just a word of advice for all of you doomsayers out there. Take credit after the fact. <laughs> Don't pick a day. <laughs> <laughs> That's If you want to leave it nebulous, the world's going to end sometime. I can't fight you on that one. But saying Thursday, you know, I kind of feel like you're, you're saying any movie that deals with the future and puts a date on it and then that date comes and goes and we kind of go, <laughs> wow, are they wrong? That's kind of what we do with you guys. I just... But harder. Yeah. We laugh much harder. Why do people reli- Why do people listen to the religious nut jobs when it comes down to, oh, this is the thing that's going to happen. And the scientists all go, no, it isn't. But then the scientists, and they, they've been proven right time and time and time again. The scientists know what they're talking about. But then the scientists say... You know, this global warming thing, this is kind of a bad thing. Everyone goes, you're a scientist. What do you know? Yeah. <laughs> Look at the track record. They've been pretty good so far. <laughs> I don't get it. You heard about the uh, rapper that's started a GoFundMe page to um, pay for a rocket to go up and uh, prove that the Earth is flat. It's called, like, showmethecurvature.com or something like that. I support this fully. I won't donate any money to it. But if the Flat Earthers want to donate their money to it, I am all for this. And then go up in a rocket. Yep. Sounds good. They, they can just... Go up and never come back down. This is, so, well, no. Maybe they'll go up there and figure... Oh, oh, it, oh, it is round. I don't understand. We landed back where we came from. <laughs> But the apes have taken over. <laughs> Wait, isn't there? Um, didn't I hear something that there's a, a reality TV show that, that that somebody's challenged the the flat earthers to go out and find the edge? Well, like we'll, we'll send a camera crew with you here. <laughs> Just somebody volunteer. Let's go do it. We watched Broadchurch season two. It's good. It's really good. It's not as good as season one. But it's dealing with different things, and it's continuation of all the characters, and so it's really good television. Uh, to say it's less, yeah, that's true, but to make that sound disparaging is not accurate to the season. It's still really, really good. It's pretty much all we did. So Wednesday, uh, Mel won tickets to the Renfest from the radio, and we were like, yay! Because we had planned on going this weekend. So it's like, free tickets, that's great. Good timing. And then that put her into the grand prize drawing. And she got that call Friday that she <laughs> won the grand prize. She has really good luck at these things. Doesn't she? I told her, I was like, you. this is not the first time that you've double dipped. Well, and even just winning the, the drive-in tickets not yeah. that long ago. So um, the, the grand prize is like another set of tickets to Renfest and um, tickets to the World War One. It's a whole Kansas City package. So then Saturday, we went to Renfest and kind of petered out about 2 o'clock or so. And then um, Sunday, we went to see Kenny Rogers and Lawrence. Took my mom out to eat and went to see Kenny. 
And um, I kind of have mixed feelings on this one because I don't like country at all. Like, just, no, it's not my thing. It's not my scene. But I, and people are like, why would you go see? Because it's Kenny Rogers. I mean, I would, yeah. <laughs> I would go pay to see Kenny Rogers. Um, and Kenny, he's a hoot. The man is, is so much, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Bob Ross. He's just got that rhythm and that cadence that you just want to listen to him talk and then maybe drift off to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's being amusing and funny. He had a lovely uh, co-guest, um, what is her name, Linda Davis, who I'd never heard of, um, but uh, she was uh, uh, she came out and did a couple numbers with him, and she sounded like Dolly Parton. And so we had a good time. That was a lot of fun. And today we went out and caught a matinee of Kingsman Golden Circle. Oh, how was it? I haven't made up my mind yet. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's not as much fun as the first one. I really, 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 really like the first one. And this one almost feels overstuffed. I don't, Mel loved it. She just loved it. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure yet. I got to percolate a little bit longer. I think. What do we got in the news? Well, over in the UK, Doctor Who fans are going to be getting a special treats on November 13th. A three disc set by the name of The Demons of Devil's End. Ooh. So it is several documentaries, including. Return to Devil's End, the 1992 documentary, and the Demons Revisited documentary. But then there is also a new drama production on it called The White Witch of Devil's End, which is kind of a quasi-sequel to The Demons, right, Glenn? Yeah. Did I read that right? So that's kind of neat. No word on if it's coming to the U.S. Likely not. We still haven't seen downtime here yet, so. Now, that doesn't mean it's not necessarily region-free. Right. It could be. Someone will have to let us know. I actually saw Return to Devil's End, the documentary. It's got John Pertwee, um, Nicholas Courtney, Nicholas Courtney, DVDs, uh, uh, Levine, John Levine, and oh, I can't remember the man that played uh, Mike Yates. Uh, oh, you would throw that out there. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of fun to hear them kind of talk about it and about the, the filming of it. They even talk about Roger Delgado a little bit. And uh, it's actually hosted by Nicholas Briggs. He does the the interviewing and talking to them. And it's on the demons, isn't it? Isn't that one of the special features that's on there? I thought it was. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I found a copy on the internet. So uh-huh. I did a review on my blog, too. Although it's on, my, it's on my old, old blog. So <laughs> I don't know if that's still active or not. Uh, well, speaking of the Brigadier, Lethbridge Stewart uh, have announced season five titles, which include... The New Unusual, written by Adrian Sherlock, who wrote The Plain Dead. A Very Private Haunting by Sharon Bidwell. And The Man from Yesterday by Nick Walters. Ooh, good title. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I mean, not that the others aren't fine, but that, <laughs> that one grabs me. So you can pre-order the entire range and of individually, I believe, right now, too. So that's always exciting. I'm looking forward to getting back into reviewing those. We still have to finish up this series. We still have have season four to go. Yeah. Uh, Titan and John Barrowman made a kind of exciting announcement. John and his sister Carol have uh, introduced a new character to the Torchwood comics in honor of Elizabeth Sladen. The character's name is just Sladen. Ooh. That's kind of cool. A brand new mysterious character. I'm sure we'll learn more about the character as as, as they go. Looks like it has kind of a Captain John look to her and feel from the impression I get. But once we start uh, reading some of the Torchwood comics, maybe we can... She'll be another time agent. That's what I'm assuming, but they're being very tight-lipped about it. Starting with The Culling, number one, coming out October 18th, 2017. Big Finish announced, to no one's surprise... (laughs) The Diary of River Song Volume 3. But, some cool things in Volume 3. So, if you remember last time, she met or encountered the 6th Doctor, the 7th Doctor, and the 8th Doctor. Now, they're adding the 5th Doctor along on here. And, Frances Barber reprising her role as Madame Kavorian. Ooh. Will also return. So, that's kind of exciting. Especially those of us who have listened to the box set. The previous box sets. But no Tom, huh? No Tom yet. Maybe for volume four. Oh. <laughs> oh. See what you did there. Yeah, see. And moving along, Galley made some really big guest announcements. 
including Pearl Mackey, Matt wow. Lucas, and David Bradley. Wow, those are some big ones. And that's in addition to Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred and all those all the others who had previously been announced. So if you can somehow scrounge up tickets now, good luck to you. <laughs> but that is a a really good get for them. Our last bit of news is the poll for October on the Goodreads Book Club is available to vote on. So go on there and vote. Cool. Any feedback? No feedback. Well, let's move on to our reviews. Nocturne. The Seventh Doctor, Ace, and Hex arrive on a human colony world beloved by the Doctor for its art and music. That it? That's the short one. <laughs> <laughs> the big finish one's really long. It's like three paragraphs. I'll start because I think I'm the only one that liked this. <laughs> or did you want to give it a uh, something? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like this story. I like the concept of the Doctor coming to a place that... He loves to come, and he's been here before. Um, I like the the idea that out of adversity, art flourishes. I like that concept of the, this. This is a planet that's been at war. That you know, the the common thing for people to say is, "Well, they'd be over by Christmas," and of course, it's been going on for seven or ten years or something like that. Longer than that, wasn't it? Like seventy years? Was it seventy? I didn't think I it was that it was long. Really long. It felt really long. It felt- <laughs> felt long it felt like a long war <laughs> anyway it's been going on for a while uh, i like that concept i like um the fact that he shows up somewhere and people recognize him and know that we don't know i thought that was kind of a neat concept too um i like the idea of this one guy trying to come up with this like ultimate composition and using alien tech and ended up bringing something through uh from the other side that ends up killing him and then I thought there was going to be this twist and we were going to find out that the twin brother was actually him and they had swapped places and that didn't come to fruition. And then that guy died. <laughs> but it was a different it was a different tick. You know, you, you I suspected so many things from it and it didn't pan out the way that I thought. totally thought, thought we would I get the, uh, the cool. Spock beard guy in. No. I liked the uh, characters a lot. I thought the characters were really well fleshed out, uh, especially the gal who kept questioning is, is was should we destroy it if it's actually art you know where is it art and the doctor mm-hmm. has to rationalize with her and of course then <laughs> she ends up kind of <laughs> messing things up again there at the end but um no overall i just i quite enjoyed it, it was it wasn't you know an, an out there story that that you had to really think about it wasn't one of the best doctor who big finish stories ever but that was pretty good i thought it utilized ace and hex relatively well i kind of wanted them to have more to do but i just kind of felt like they uh, you know hex getting captured by the uh police lady there off the, uh, off the top there kind of wondered how you know what do you we, how are you gonna get out of that although i was quite frustrated that he just didn't explain to her more of what who he was or what he's doing and none of that was going to hurt him i mean yeah he's already unregistered you're already yeah. <laughs> you, what, you're already that far in do, what damage yeah. is it going to do to tell the truth you know um, oh, I like the fact that Ace and uh, Hex are calling out are calling out the Doctor at the very beginning. That is my absolute about favorite part. How they of this show whole up thing. places, and he's all mysterious and doesn't give them information. And 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 then the interesting thing about it is the one time they show up somewhere where he's not giving them any any information is the one time that he's just showing up somewhere to show them someplace yeah. cool <laughs> that he likes. I thought that was kind of interesting too. No, overall, I just and then I the fact it. that he and Ace. The Doctor and Ace have that great conversation later. Yeah. Pulling that thread back up, which yep. of all the Doctors, this is the one that does this the most. And it's great to see him being called out on the carpet by the companion that knows him best and can see through all the stuff, all the crap that he tends to put up and hoops he makes her jump through. And then him feeling a bit remorseful for doing it and and expressing yeah. that to her but then her kind of turning around saying you know it's it's all right she's actually kind of likes that so and at this point used to it yeah her, <laughs> maybe it's more of that maybe it's more she's just used to it yes all of those things that you said um which in a way leads to my frustration because there were so many little things that they did right that i really appreciated that i loved Starting with that conversation in the TARDIS. So we're off to this rousing, oh, this is going to be great, you know. 
And then we land on this planet and the doctor's like, no, I just like coming here and hanging out. And it's all about art and beauty and music. And okay, cool. Oh, except for this war that feels like it's been going on forever. And the doctor's been here several, several times. He's got friends here. It's like, why hasn't he fixed the war by now? It just kind of seemed like that's not something he would have stayed away from for the sake of the planet. It seems like that's something maybe he would have tried to. I don't know. I, I don't know why I got that impression. I just got the impression. And then, See, I never did because part of it I, I got the impression was the fact that because of the art coming out of it and how important this art is to galactic society, that the war is kind of necessary to provide that art. Not to mention you can use the argument that he didn't pop back and fix World War II, which is probably one of the most treacherous yeah. wars of history. I mean, yeah. there's a reason why he doesn't go back and stop Hitler immediately. And there's a reason why he doesn't go back and... In the Great War immediately. I mean, there are reasons for that. Sure. Usually when he drops into a situation, and I think Big Finish does a really good job of this, is this isn't right. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And so then he has to fix it. Right. Yeah. And and, and normally I'd throw in with that, except maybe I've been tainted with the comics because we've had so many worlds that have been bright and colorful and full of music with Gabby and, and you know, just, oh, this is, this is an artist's paradise. This is fantastic. And then this one's all, well, we only can make art because we're miserable. Okay, maybe I, I don't know. I just, it, it felt like a contrivance almost that in order to get to the art planet, we have to have this for that to come out of, I don't know, maybe not. Well, I, I like the fact that aside from, it, it's, it's a, it's a nugget that adds backstory to the world. Sure. It's not yeah. a huge plot point. Yeah, no, that's, that's other, very true. Other than the one guy having a tragic time going off to war and coming right. back losing a leg yeah all of those aspects of it are just elements to make the characters more fleshed out yeah mm-hmm. it's not Agreed. a plot, plot point to me it had works. It been a plot point i would have had your issue with it yeah to me it works with just for exactly what you're saying yeah. is it really kind of fleshes out this world except then the next scene with the old lady in hex i assume she's old i don't know <laughs> oh, we've got to hurry up and get out of here before the inquisitors whatever they were called uh show and basically we're living in a police state the first encounter with the cop is set up and you, you just they it felt very much like we're being led down this path of oh this is like genesis of the daleks kind of fascism that's going on here there's a war and now we've got these people oh but it turns out no none of that's really as bad as they made it out and in fact the the, the uh, what was her name the the cop turned out to be one of the best characters in the in the show because she's one of those military people who does have oberst. She was the oberst, uh, yeah. Kate, oberst, Kate Reaney, but I think her title was oberst. Um, she's one of those military people who did have an open mind and was she wasn't so military rigid that uh, oh the doctors are you know those. those Stereotype military people that I complain about all the time because they're just yeah, always. Yeah, she done. wasn't. So and why are you complaining? That. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is <laughs> the, but she, you're you're contradicting yourself. Well, here. that's that's the story contradicted itself a lot because I liked this, I liked this, I liked this, but then I didn't like this, and I didn't like this, and I didn't like this, and I'm, I'm I'm struggling to reconcile how all these pieces fit together because they set it up like it's a fascist police state, but then she's not a fascist. But in they fact, didn't. She they goes didn't, the they other didn't way set, with it. They didn't set it up in a, that it was a fascist police state. Anyway, they set it up as that it was a police state. Yes, but let me point out that there are a lot of civilized countries that have gone into police state mode when they've been at war, because that's part of war, especially when it's close to the home front. So that seems like a natural progression for somebody, for something, for a government to do is to put on that police state as that extra set of security. I have news for you. We're kind of moving towards the police state here. Now, I don't agree with that for us, but there has been occasions and occurrences in history where a police state has been somewhat maybe judiciously necessary in order to protect its citizens in wartime. Which is great, except then that goes back to Keith's point that it wasn't a plot point. Well, so why waste the time with it? I mean, I guess well, I it's exactly, building, I, just, I, I think exactly, yeah, that you, you just said it because you liked the fact that she wasn't what you expected. And so that was a device in order to build her character. They put you in that situation where you felt they were going one way with it. They built her character by showing you her something different, that she was open-minded, that she did, you know, 
she didn't just automatically become the villain. I think we, I think even I expected her to be the villain of this piece, and when she's not, and it turns out that she is more open-minded, I was very, very pleased with that. So I, was I too. loved that. Yeah, element. yeah, no, I, I liked, I liked her character a lot, and and a lot of that had to do with the fact that she didn't go down the path that I expected. Um, the guy coming back from war. Okay, we've got Hex in another war. Okay, let's get past that. Um, well, but he didn't but go to war. He wasn't, he wasn't a prisoner of war. I mean, the only time that he was caught was because it was in a situation. He, he, he brushed he, war. He wasn't in a war. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it just, I don't think you're giving it a fair shake. I think that's my I, problem I, with it. I, I, I want the, to. The things like that I said, you, the things that I liked, the things that I liked you have a, a problem with that I don't see as problems. Maybe that's why. I Maybe that's why. But it just, I think part of it just there, there were so many shades and echoes of things that have come before in specifically the Seventh Doctor Hex Ace. It did feel reasons. very much in line that it wasn't something new for this. For I just this trio. I feel like I'm in the divergent Agree universe with that. again. Agree with that. The, the, just the, there's another story, and I kind of keep hoping that the next one will be a little bit different or a little bit better. And they kind of all feel like they're in that middling. It's not that it was bad; it's just that it was okay. And there were moments that I really, really liked, and I was just I, I wanted more out of it because I liked these moments so much that the fact that those moments are stuck in this middling story, eh, now it, it kind of it brought those moments down for me. Is is kind of i don't know okay i like the the idea that sell me on these, it make it make it better so to tell all me. these robots i don't know what too. i can sell you on what i've said here and told you why where you're wrong anyway so the, fact, the fact that all the robots are yeah like, the, the idea behind the familiars them, the familiars the fact that they call them familiars instead of just servants or robots that, and then the idea that they take they're given a feminine form because they're not as daunting of a figure then I, I kind of I just like that whole the thought process they took just into such a while they wound up being the big cliffhangers as far as the big threats they didn't wind up playing a big part of it that either. was another thing I liked about it is, is yeah. it set me up to think that oh especially by giving it the name the familiars <laughs> yeah because isn't a familiar like a witch's uh, um, it's their animagus yeah animagus yeah <laughs> um, so I was I was a little I that sets me up like okay these are going to be the bad guys we've got these familiars that have turned to become evil well did, but not some really. were corrupt but yeah, yeah they just it wasn't necessarily that wasn't again the big plot twist or, or the villain of the piece and so i was quite pleased that we didn't go there i think that maybe that's what i liked about it is i kept seeing trope after trope after trope dissolved as we went along and that's what i appreciated is that trope after trope after trope didn't end up being the trope didn't end up being tropish, and so I thought that was really clever. Maybe now, that's the problem. Maybe it's wasn't too a, clever for me because I kept expecting and, and giving me the red herring over and over and over again. It was like, see, I think well, what is should, the story about? I think you should have appreciated that more because of the fact that they kept leading you down these tracks that, that you often, but again, you, can, you often complain about. I do and then because they they're, 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 they're tropes for a reason. But you can do that once or twice and pull a rug out from underneath you. But when that's all it is, is just a series of. Well, I don't think you think was, we're going this way. No, I don't. You think we're going this way. No, I don't think there were more than two or three, anyway. So. Well, there was the police state, which didn't happen. There was the robot uprising, which didn't happen. There was. It just felt like there was this constant stream. I think of, the other other one for me would have been the the switch of the the twins, the evil twin that didn't happen. The um, see, I never got that impression. I I I don't think they I never let, thought of that. They trope. didn't lead. They never led you to believe that one, so I don't even think that counts in in Sean's defense. They didn't, but I kind of set that up in my head that okay, this you know I was really trying to think outside the box. Where are they going to go with this? <laughs> and that ended up not being and that was pleasing to me because I was like, okay, yeah. well you didn't even you didn't even go there with that one. So sometimes I listen to a story and I figure it out early on, and I think and I, I feel rewarded when I'm right. And sometimes I f- listen to a story and I feel like I figured it out and then I'm disappointed that I was right yeah. because it's just, it was too obvious to me. And this was one of those situations where a few times I kept thinking I know where they're going with this and I, they didn't and I was, it was really refreshing that they didn't go with that. Now again, there wasn't this wasn't the best story because I, I don't think they went out there and had any sort of unique original ideas and maybe that's your problem with it is that there were no original ideas here but taking retreaded ideas and then changing the the narrative of where you think they're going with it i think that was what the brilliance of this story and, was. and then i'll you know i'll be the first person to admit that i'm probably being very unfair to this story 
on the basis of I I don't want to be unfair to it because I didn't get what I expected. But sometimes I like my Doctor Who to be kind of paint by numbers. You know, if you're going to set up a robot uprising, I want the robot uprising. That's what even the doctor makes the comment. I don't like the robots. <laughs> He's like, okay. And once the doctor doesn't like something, then you're kind of on edge and assuming it's going to you go know, one way. It's like that Dalek story where he's like, oh, the Daleks are evil. And then they spent a whole lot of time trying to convince us otherwise. And it's like, no, they're evil. Well, that one turned out to actually be true. But <laughs> parallel universe. I don't know. I Like I said, there were a lot of things that I really, I'm, I'm trying not to be super negative about it because I did enjoy so many things in it particularly the characterizations um, the I don't know acting if the characterizations I of Ace was always right sometimes she felt way younger than she should be at this point I think the love, the, the love interest felt a little forced yeah. and then she gets I'm not even sure what happened conked on the head or something in that kind of final conflict and just kind of curls up on the couch and sleeps for most of the ending okay I think she got. Well, that's why I'm not even sure what happened. Well, to her. I got the impression. She's not even sure what happened. To well, her. I think I got the impression that she, whatever the thing was drawing on that killed all the other people, was starting to affect her too. But fortunately, she it it was thwarted before she was fully. Affected so just left her in a weakened state. Yeah, okay, that, that's, that's a little bit better. That was than the impression. The actual I got. physical attack. Because she's a little too, to me, she's a little too strong and tough to have just been conked on the head and then slept it off. I think that it was more of a. Also, it felt like a concussion. Weakened. But, um, but I did love the conversation that she had with uh, Piano Man. <laughs> the old guy at the end? The old guy at the end. <laughs> so what are you doing? I'm bait, and he's you know, just so happy to be well, involved it, in this plan. Only about three minutes later, he's like, I don't want to be bait anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, it was a good story. Sean hated it. I so didn't hate it. I totally did not hate it. Believe me, if I hated it, I'd have gone on and on and on about how much I hated it. I, it just left me a little flat, which was frustrating because there were so I'm many things that I liked. I'm you what you do to me on a weekly basis. When I don't like a story as well, you turn around and say, I hated it. So. But you do hate that. Turn about fair play. No, it isn't. Let's talk a little bit about this. It's uh, only fair when I do it. Let's talk a little bit about the Ninth Doctor stories. I hate I gotta, it. I got a synopsis. <laughs> oh, you do? You do? I do. Wow. Let's, let's hear it. Team TARDIS and are in hot pursuit of a monster they accidentally sent back to the, to the 1970s. Or is it the 1980s? <laughs> only to find a colossal kaiju tearing up the Bristol Channel and unit and they're out of their depth. A face from the Doctor's past may have all the answers. Next, the search for Jack's missing memories takes the TARDIS to 17th century Brazil and into the grip of slavers, both alien and all too human. Will Jack find what he seeks or lose the trust of his friends? That's a nice thing about doing these with graphic novels is I get a synopsis. <laughs> bum, 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 ish. 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 That's why you can't use bump, bump, bump as the... You're right. You're really it, just, it doesn't work. Well, because I, I feel bad. I've been saying it for, a, what are we, 349 four episodes now. <laughs> you, just can't, you can't do it. You just you can't use that as a game. Well, okay, how many golden bow ties would you like to give this one? <laughs> well, I, you usually do that at the end, too. That's the other problem I have with it, too. You kind of talk about it, and you say, oh, I give it, you know, X out of X, whatever. I really enjoyed the first three. First two, however many the unit story was. Yeah, yeah. That, I think that, that, that was that must have been a three parter. Yeah. yeah, this this was my favorite part of this graphic novel. Now, is it because of the story it told, or is it because all of our favorites come back? Both. Because I think a good chunk of me is because Harry Sullivan and <laughs> Sergeant Benton, and then and surprise the brig, the brig yeah. which I didn't think was going to happen in a post Fourth Doctor unit story. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I. I that but that part of it I really liked. Um, the fan service was great. It yeah, was really I, I liked this awesome. idea also of this guy who went in under testing and then doesn't get the full extent of the experiments, but it gets passed on to his child, and a lot of this is subconsciously done through his kid because of the connection they have and his and, love for J- Japanese monster movies. I, I really enjoyed all I of that. I did not see that coming either. No, I yeah, really thought it was it. the dad, and then to turn around and surprise us that, oh, no, it's the kid that's actually creating these monsters. Now, is it 
do we feel like this was just passed on because of the connection and the law? This was not meant to be a genetic. I got pass the impression on, right? it was genetic, but it wasn't on purpose. Okay, so these experiments were much longer ago than what I initially thought. Then because they were the, before he met his his wife. Okay, yeah, they they said that. Oh, did they? Okay, yeah. I must have missed yeah. that panel then. Yeah, they said it before he met his <clears> wife. So. Okay, that makes more sense to yeah, me then, because yeah. I, I I was torn on that one, going, well, how long ago was the dude locked oh, up? Oh, you thought maybe he had passed it along to him while the kid was already alive. Oh, no. Right, it yeah, was, it made sense genetically, but then I was like, yeah. but what is the time frame? Here yeah, it's definitely this? genetically, and, and he had just, just been recaptured recently. Right, okay. Right. Um, I like the premise of this, was it Arbus? Was that the name of the group? That I don't remember. Was... Uh, like the, they were basically trying to do away with unit and yeah. privatize the organization out to this other company. And, and the reason why they, I mean, it's a little obvious that that's the reason that all of this is happening is because they're trying to make unit look bad so they could take it over and, and, you know, arbitrarily just take it out from underneath them. But, uh, so that, that, that was cool again, tropey, but I thought that was kind of neat. I guess part of the reason why I also like it is a fan service reason and the fact that it's a comic version of Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That I was a little surprised that nobody mentioned. <laughs> that, we got this, that they haven't dealt with. The, the whole setup with these monsters just appear and then disappear out of nowhere. And it was like, is nobody going to say, wow, this is really familiar? <laughs> Some of these are even like dinosaur-like monsters. Yeah. <laughs> and I waited and it didn't happen. I was like, okay, I guess we're just going to let that one go. <laughs> Maybe the mic, whole, the whole mic situation was too sensitive, and they didn't want to talk about it. The mic turning traitor and invasion. Oh yeah, so the yeah. whole thing is tainted now. Yeah, we don't talk about mic. <laughs> That's probably what it was. <laughs> Thank you, head cannon accepted. <laughs> we don't talk about mic. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed most of the brigadier. Although his line about when he's explaining the plot and he's going on about the idea of these uh, warriors being, you know, astral projections and stuff like that. And it's like, aren't you the one that really kind of have the biggest problem with when, when we dealt with astral projection? and, and Only the- if you look at this from the TV series perspective that we had. Now, having the Lethbridge yeah. student verse, oh, I yeah. am perfectly fine with yeah, this. Yeah, it definitely fits in fact, now. all of the astral, astral projection stuff in this, I was like, okay, Candy Jar Books has completely fixed all of that. Now, <laughs> I, I turn around and watch the TV series and have some problems and issues, but for, no, this here, that fixed that. I was like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I need to ask, remember to ask... Uh, <laughs> ask uh, Andy a question about the brig showing up in this but maybe I shouldn't talk about it on the air <laughs> okay but anyway um, it, yeah it's uh, uh, I, I, I thought that completely fixed it for me and so had I gone back like you and, and went to the classic series and ignored the books then yeah I would have had the same problem but having the books as part of my universe now of canon I'm perfectly fine with it. It worked just fine. Yeah, I, well, I, I would. I, normally, I would be like that. I took a page out of your head canon, or or. Uh, uh, Which was because I'm comparing the series to the books, <laughs> where where you go, the, the the series is canon, and then this is canon, oh, and, and then this is canon, <laughs> and so I kind of went through the hierarchy of that. Right, right? the hierarchy. Well, it doesn't fit well, with this. The TV series is with canon, this. and everything under that's continuity. Right. right yeah, that's where that so comes It's like, well, okay, so. the big finish, and you got to drop down here. Okay, now it fits. When <laughs> <laughs> your question may be answered in the uh, credits page. Oh. Alistair Lethbridge Stewart appears courtesy of Candy Jar Books. With, hey. With thanks to Han- uh, Hannah Heisman, Henry Lincoln, and Andrew Fankham Allen. There you go. Yay. And a shout out to their website. I too. love to see that everybody is cooperating on this and, so and sharing the love if, uh, and passing off the. I guess if I'd have just done some looking in there, I never would have brought that question. Credit is where credit is due. Yay. I am so excited that that's. Uh, hopefully, that. I hope they, there's some further cooperation with other entities yeah, down the absolutely. line, too. That was a nice thing when the doctor even makes the joke about Geneva. And oh, even I don't believe he's actually in Geneva, <laughs> you know. And then he walks through the door, and he's like, "Where are you, Geneva?" <laughs> you know, just, Damn it! 
I also really enjoyed the uh, the Ninth Doctor's the revelation that the Ninth Doctor gives the Brig. Yeah. At the end of this story, yes. when, when the Brig says, "You know, you stayed behind and you set other people in a battle," he says, "I've never seen that in you before, like a commander of field troops." And whatever the Doctor's line was about times change, it just that was really i never would have thought to pair nine up with units i wouldn't but either it works so well it does work really well yeah and i like the uh the new unit character that they added and carried on to the next story okay oh i liked her in this i i, I next I, story i was kind of mad i'm making it but... sound like i don't care about yeah that's just yeah i thought she was fine in this story why they carry carrying her on? Her on sure. I guess I I'll just need to give it some more time because if she continues to carry on, because right, she, they don't drop her off anywhere at the end. As I can't remember, no, not yet. No, not, not she's still with see. them. Um, so, well, that's right. In fact, she's uh, he's accused of killing her right at the end of the, the cliffhanger. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, um, what's the one story we did read with her in it? Did we read one with her in it? Was then that the? It was a free comic. Was that that? One. Well, was that the short story one that where he's on the TV show, and it's being hosted by the yes. Slovene uh, yes. uh, uh, character that he's before. And we this will answer a lot of questions once we read these. Is that yes. what you're thinking of? Okay, yeah. yeah. All right. So I need to go back and reread that now that we're hitting the story. I was trying that, to remember. It may not be a bad idea just to yeah. throw it in and. I actually sure think it was a web thing. Place. I think it was a web thing, wasn't it? But it I ties think it was a web ti- thing. Yeah. Ties into the Titan stuff. So. Yeah. Can, can we have more of her and less of Rose? <laughs> See, I don't. See, I, I, what I don't like about it is they're setting up this weird thing with Rose being jealous of her, and mm-hmm. I think I, that like I don't that want them going down that road. I don't think I think that's unnecessary. Uh, they did that with the Doctor somewhat when Captain Jack comes on board. And it's almost like we're just trying to flip that. Yeah. I could see that. Well, I thought Rose was pretty much sidelined through most of these stories. I was glad Rose was sidelined through most of these so stories. Because the characterization of Rose in, in the Night I think she Doctor... was sidelined in that last one? I mean, she was integral well, she... in, in getting into jail and getting the recording. I I thought she was she, utilized. She some good, good action in the. I thought she was utilized really. She, well. she was she was utilized well in the last episode of it because last the, issue, or the yeah. last issue of that arc because the previous two issues, it's just her whining about how the doctor is treating the guy that turned into a gargoyle. Right, seems beginning. to be all she cares that, that's about. That's all she cares about. Is, and it's like. God, if you love him so much, why don't you marry him? I, just, I, was, I was so done Dean, with her. Yeah. Um, and then the doctor lets her get arrested. And I'm kind of like, okay, see you later. And Jack's concerned and the doctor isn't. And I have to be honest, I wasn't either. I was just kind of <laughs> like, good riddance. And then it turned out to be part of the doctor's plan. And I, I, I kind of simultaneously went, damn it. Well, yeah, of course she had to be in there. <laughs> you know, of course the doctor's got this figured out. So it redeemed it for me a little bit. But I've just I've not been impressed with the way Rose has been handled through this whole run. And this was not it didn't fix much for me in these either. So even then Harry got the kind of big heroic scene on that boat. Well, Harry deserves the big heroic scene. <laughs> and he punched the minister out. Yeah. That was the coolest thing. <laughs> I'm glad to see Harry's got a little fire in his belly now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, of course, the next one is uh, set in Brazil in, what, 1882? 1682. 1682. 1682. And uh, has mermaids. Yeah, kind of a weird mermaid story. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I thought uh, the idea of them leaving their slaver race and hiding out on Earth, I think, was cool. I think it was neat that they had she has this warrior protector type guy that because he uses his powers to protect her ends up calling on the rest of the, the their race to it made find me him. wonder if there was like they talk about some demon or some ghosts in the area it made me wonder if there was some actual legend that they kind of drew this off of to inspire the story or well, I think to do it, the thing Doctor Who does a lot of. It's got shades of all the mermaid stories. From, yeah, from it just doesn't seem era. to be in a 
that type of setting. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's in Brazil. And... Yeah, it should, I would think it'd be on the. I guess if this is, it looks more like swamp than coast. Could be. In fact, there's a lot of trees around, but yeah, in fact, it looks like it's in like the rainforest, maybe. Yeah. So it just made me wonder if there was a different the creature from Brazil, the Black Lagoon. <laughs> yeah, something in there That's too. More of the yeah. Well, I liked it. I kind of liked that we're finally getting a little bit some some clues as to this mystery and why Jack's brain's been. I like that Jack wiped. and Rose got to go off and go do their own kind of thing and left. Because I think the four of them dealing with these mermaids would have been way too much. I think it worked really yeah. well to send the two of them off to do their own thing and delve into the bigger overarching plot and leave the doctor and the new person to deal with this mermaids. I agree. And I liked... Um... If you're going to add a character, this is what you do. You split them yes. up this way, which yeah. I think works. I like the fact that um, the way the mermaid plot worked out that they were slavers and they weren't happy about it so they left only to be captured by a slaver yeah who then in turn was captured by the slavers right <laughs> so it, you want to talk tropes but it didn't matter because that was one of those fist pump yeah get him because this guy needs a taste of his own medicine right right and quite honestly didn't go fur enough he should have been locked up in a cage and put on a spaceship and treated horribly and that'll teach him a lesson i kind of thought the same thing because it to, even though all of this happened, that was the other thing that bothered me a little bit, is there are sea creatures and mermaids and magic water and mind control, <laughs> and they're spooked off by a white stag. Yeah. A flaming white stag? A flaming white didn't stag. didn't buy that. The legends are true. And by the time I had seen all of that, I'd have gone, eh, okay, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I just that was a little yeah. unbelievable, I thought, at the end there, but... But yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed that story part. The Captain Jack story arc, I was actually a little taken aback by. The, it, it it kind of went in a direction I was, really wasn't expecting. That... Well, it's building to something. Yeah, it's building it's to totally... something big, which I, thought I like. Especially that he's so guilty of what he's done that he just saps out of there. Take a Vortex Manipulator and he's gone. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'm real interested to see where the they go that, with you know, that. The, when the picture shows up, you're like, okay, this is the big bad. This is the guy that's pulling the strings. No, this guy's dead. Yep. Or is he? Yeah. So, you know. And that's the other thing I like about this, and I hope they go this route, is even with all the material, the Torchwood material and everything else, we don't have pre-dead Jack information much. There's a, there's a whole any. stuff to mine from when he was a time agent tons of stuff there and so i'm kind of glad somebody's going down that route because he, again this is the captain jack that i like this is the one <laughs> i like the best i don't like torchwood jack that much but i like this um so i'd like to see somebody take you know pieces of his past prior to because he's had he's had a lot of history since bad wolf yeah. He's had a ton of history since Which because he continues to live lifetimes. Mind from right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. mostly mines from when the he majority gets back it, in the past. The and majority has to live of it is yeah. He lives because yeah, he's already immortal throughout yeah. Torchwood. So that's we've only had a the very small amount when he was on his home planet was the only bit I remember. Yeah, that's right. We had that, and uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously been some history with uh, Captain John. Yeah, and he was obviously a time agent at the time that Jack was, and that kind of stuff. So they've they've touched on it a bit, but, but nobody's really delved into all, it. Yeah. And, so I don't want to go too far out here to say this because they'll probably do it, and you know, Lord knows I can't afford another comic subscription. But now that he's left the group, which totally didn't see coming. I'd almost be okay with a Captain Jack comic. Like, just let him be on his own, knowing that eventually he is going to come back before Boomtown. You know, so yeah. now that we've kind of opened that window of how much can we shoehorn into this group of episodes where they were together, well, what if they weren't together for all of it? Okay. So what if Jack goes off and has a whole well, series of adventures yeah, I know, and fills one, in those I, gaps? They won't do a Captain Jack comic. I bet they'll come back and this'll that'll be oh, I'm the sure. whole, that'll be the whole series. You're right, I don't think they'll do that. What I do see them opening the door for is Titan has the rights to the Torchwood comics. I have a feeling they might cross some of that stuff over. Uh, obviously this Captain Jack can't be in Torchwood, Captain Jack, right. but I wonder if they'll drop enough stuff together to kind of give us this really broad 
backstory for Captain Jack between the two titles. That might be kind of interesting. Or too. I haven't listened to it yet, but there's that Big Finish box set, and they seem to play pretty nicely with Big Finish of the lives of Captain Jack. And I there's at least based off the covers, there is young time agent Captain Jack. Oh, okay. There too. So, then so there's there's some more because he's at least in the vest that we see ahead of Boomtown. Okay. So. So yeah, it'll be interesting where they're going to yeah. go with that. I mean, obviously they're they're setting something up, and then of course the big yes cliffhanger, but not not <laughs> to me not any different than the hook. the yeah it's the hook. hook. It's, yeah, a it's hook, more of a yeah. hook than a cliffhanger. And and that's honestly it was kind of unnecessary. I'd almost rather just use those two pages to end the story, and and kind of wrap it up, and then start the next story with. What do you mean the doctor killed her? <laughs> but no, okay, I kind of I, I, I see like, where you're going. I kind of like this. I kind of like the way they've done this. Not to mention we're running right up against issues that have just recently come out, right? So, uh, yeah. they're up to what, 14 uh, now? 15? They've, they've wrapped the run. Oh, have they wrapped the run? Okay. okay, so we've only got five more in this series then. Yeah. So. Or six. Six more. No, five more. Depending on how many they go. No, they went 15. Well, they went to 15. They went 15. So okay. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, so five more. Which, which one was it that had a 16th issue? Was it just that 10th Doctor one? That was that... Tenth Doctor went to seventeen. Okay, oh, that was yeah, last that's what year. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, okay, I, I'm very pleased. I think that the Ninth Doctor series is going along quite well. I'm. I think they've got the tone and characterization I, down for I, all the characters. I think really they well. do too. I Except think they, I think they are under. No, I, I her think, annoyingness is in character. I, I think I think this is first series Rose. I think it's yeah, dead on. Absolutely, I agree with the fact that she's been sidelined and underutilized a lot. But again. Knowing that this is first series Rose, I think that's okay because she I don't think she's as knowledgeable and assertive as she gets by the time she's running with ten. So Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, and her with Dean is no different than her with Adam. It's pretty much the same thing. I think that's my that's one of the problems I have is we've already done that. At least we have a different resolution. It keeps her in character with it, though. I mean, yeah, it keeps her. Yeah. You don't have you don't have a, co- a stark it, contrast with the same era of Rose. Doing it this way, so and I can only go so far with the character too, before they got to swing back to what's on television. It's not like one of the new characters where they can right. range right. very far. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get so that. They got to kind of stay in the same path. It's just there. There are ways. It's the same th- issue we had with Clara in the comics. There, there are ways to write a character without rehashing this. You can write a character and in reinforce behaviors without rehashing situations and i feel like that's kind of where the in particular with dean i was like yeah we've already seen this it's not going to work out move on i think the thing that they can do and maybe this is why maybe this is to the benefit of them adding the new companion is the doctor you know jack has blipped out to nowhere and they could leave rose somewhere and the doctor and this gal could have like thirty adventures and come pick Rose back up right That's after true. they left her there too. So she could go home to have, visit mum. Yeah, they have yeah. the complete ability to do this. So I think that, that that that's an option here. And while all the other doctors do have, with the exception of twelve, all the other doctors do have other companions. I mean, that are that are ongoing companions. This is was their chance to give nine another companion. So it's true. But we don't know realistically how much time passed between Clara and Bill. That's prime opportunity for the comics to come in and give. Well, they've been doing doing that. That's what their whole. (laughs) That's what their. But it looks like Bill is now in the comics full time. So. Yeah, that's what but if they, they wanted to go back and insert that's all, yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's what, what they, they did for a whole year. They, yeah. Remember we kept talking about how they felt like they were auditioning new companions. Which I don't think we've even finished that year. No, so. we haven't. Yeah. Soon. Yep. Hopefully. All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, coming up on the schedule, uh, our Friday night Who offering for this week is from Peter Capaldi, Speak of the Devil. Uh, Going to do Under the Lake and Before the Flood, that two-parter. And uh, that is, of course, uh, still at the new time of 10.30. So if you can join us, please do so. Enjoy seeing everybody. Uh, and then uh, our uh, the episode we've been warning you about for years. Yay. Our 350. God, 350. <laughs> you believe that? I don't. Do, do we have the numbers right? <laughs> uh, 
350, we're going to do a pledge drive. Yay. A, 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 a tongue-in-cheek pledge drive. <laughs> Some tongue, not so much cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and what else are we doing that same week? Uh, we're also going to be talking, uh, we're going to give you a spoiler-free sneak peek of Candy Jar Book's upcoming Lethbridge Stewart spinoff, The Lucy Wilson Mysteries, Avatars of the Intelligence, which is the young adult book series that's going to be coming out from Candy Jar starting its release late this year or next year? year. After the first of the year. After the first of the year, yeah. Um, There are some special release copies that went out a few weeks ago at the Cardiff Book Fair that they did. I think if you pre-order it, you get it before the first of the year. Yeah, so... Before the end of the year, if you pre-order it. If you pre-order it, so... So our our good friends at Candy Jar gave us advanced copies, and so we will be reviewing those and uh, and letting you know our thoughts without spoiling the, right. the, the mystery of the mysteries. Right. Um, so be on the lookout and then for we'll Hopefully we'll quet your appetite. We'll review it maybe again a little bit after the first of the year, too. Kind of give a little more insight or insights to it. Uh, coming up, we're still looking at uh, trying to figure out if and when Wayland Space is going to show up on BritBox. We'll keep you posted. But now it's fall. It's officially fall. It's officially, officially fall, fall now, started so. last week. So now we're in fall, and that's what all the all the PR said. Coming this fall. So, of course, fall lasts until December 21st. So. <laughs> <sighs> the next episode of Traveling the Vortex, now with more pumpkin spice. <laughs> All right, and you can find us at TravelingTheVortex.com. While you're there, consider becoming a patron of the podcast. On the right-hand side of the screen, there's a button where you can support us on Patreon. We'll be talking a lot more about Patreon next week. Um, You can also uh, click on some ad links on the right-hand side of the page, and uh, a portion of those proceeds go into this show. You can also purchase podcast merchandise from Traveling the Vortex's Spread Shirt Shop. And how can people reach us? We didn't talk about that. How? Well, yeah. Which, by the way, I ordered some, and I ordered some and a shirt because I didn't have one of our new shirts yet. And (coughs) there were no buttons in there, so now I've got to contact them and say, "Oh no, buttons." So that's not us. We don't administer that store. So (laughs) here here I'm going. You might order something from our store and not get it. (laughs) (laughs) Keith, how can people contact us? Well, while you're on the website, just click on the Send Us Feedback tab and fill that out, or just send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com. And you can, of course, reach out to us on all forms of social media. All right. Anything yeah, else? We really this like week? it if you uh, if you like us, please tell us uh, you know that you like us because we like hearing that. And if you don't like us, give us an us, iTunes review. Yeah, we haven't uh, asked for an iTunes better. review in a long time. Yeah, definitely give us a review on iTunes. That helps our uh, that helps bump us up and get us more. Uh, attention on podcast websites you know places that aggregate our, our podcasts so that uh, we can get get the word out there that there's another doctor yeah, who, is a big one. there's a there's another doctor who out uh, a podcast out there and we're already at 350 episodes so. <laughs> and if you don't like us well, drop us a line and tell us why what can we do differently yeah i'm always up for that anything else this week until next week i'm glenn i'm sean i'm keith cheers good night everybody be seeing you thanks for listening You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.